0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. You're a special man to me. You don't even know that. I am? How is that? Yeah, well, maybe maybe we'll get into how special you are to me. (laughs) You're a special man. And um, we got another guest sitting on our couch, too. Not microphone, though. A little mic shy? She's a little mic shy. I don't blame you. (laughs) You want this one? You can tell this one. No? Okay.
1: <laughs> you can you can sit in the captain's chair and you can be co-host today. I don't mind taking a back seat. That's
0: the Captain Kirk chair. Got to yeah. put it in the middle of the room and we got to call you Tiberius. That's it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: hey everyone, it's Amanda and it is a Wednesday night. And this is the second evening in a row this week that we are recording. And yeah, we've got an old... Friend of Mark's on our couch that I met one time, and we think it was 2019. I'm gonna go with that. Fall of 2019, definitely pre-pandemic. I can look that up if you want. It's not that big of a deal. It was okay. it was somewhere around there. Gotcha, Fall of gotcha. 2019. Gotcha. Uh, Lou is here, and he has come to share his story. So I'm going to let him really talk about it, but uh, he's going to talk about raising awareness for some things that he deals with, with the after effects of chemo and radiation that have affected two of his cranial nerves and uh, his speech
0: and swallowing. And you're the reason why I like massage. You know that, right? Is that right? Yeah, that is right. You are the reason why I like massage. You're not the reason why I went to massage school. You're the reason why I like massage. That was girls. That was girls. Girls, <laughs> hey, have, you, have you heard my, my, my reasoning for going to massage school? No, I have no? not. Okay. No? Okay. Well, I'll tell you really quick. These guys at home, they've heard it, or wherever you are, maybe in your car, you've heard it. So I was in my last year of university. I was dating this girl, very nice girl, not nearly as lovely as you, very nice girl. Mm-hmm. And in that last year of university, she's like, I, I think I want to go to massage school when, when, I'm, when I'm done this kinesiology stuff. We were in kinesiology together. Yeah. I was like, cool. And then she's like, she went to CCMH. She, she wants to apply to CCMH. And CCMH, this was when they're in North York uh, on on, mm-hmm. on Yonge Street, like yes. the Lastman Square area. And I think Lauren might have been the instructor for that yes, class. Might yes, have been. This is awesome. Yeah. So she had to take this course, you know, this weekend course or this one day massage course, whatever the case is. It was like a Wednesday evening. And she's like, will you come with me? To, to me And I'm like uh, Sure I'll come I, I'm i not into this idea I don't care about massage I think it's kind of silly But I'll come Because I'm your boyfriend And I don't know What this massage stuff's about And mm-hmm. I'd rather You you touching me And me touching you Than some other dudes touching yeah. you Makes a lot of sense So I go And after I was there I was like I definitely Do not want to do anything But Like this is just Dumb, I don't want anything to do with this. So she was like, okay, she enjoyed it. So she's like, I'm going to go to massage school in September. Come closer to September, she's like, I can't do this. She's like, I I can't do this. I don't want to touch smelly people. I don't want to touch hairy people. I'm like, that's legit. Like, that's a legit reason. Anyway, so she didn't bother going. We went our ways, all the rest of it. Five years later, I have an engagement that went to shit. My life kind of sucks. I'm hammered for months. I think I went on an eight-month drinking spree. And I found myself in Miami, Florida, with a buddy of mine over the Christmas holiday, and I'm hammered. And he's like, "What are you gonna do?" Like, I understand what's happening here, but this has to stop. So, what are you gonna do when you go back? Mm-hmm. And I said, "I'm gonna drunk and stupor. I'm gonna go to a place where I can meet a lot of girls. I'm going to SARS school." And then I jumped onto my dial-up. I found CCMH. I'm like, I, I kind of know this place. I kind of know what's going on here. I applied. I went. And then the first couple days, I'm like, this is stupid. And then I had you for MTT, Massage Theory and Techniques. Right. And I was like, that guy's cool. I wanna hang out here, <laughs> single-handedly. I was like, I was like, I didn't wanna be there.
2: Right.
0: And just because I sat in the corner of this class by the window, I, could, I know exactly where I sat. And I'm like, he's a cool dude. I, like, I didn't like Jane all that much, but I like you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, that's that's the reason why I was like, I can take I can take this MTT well, if class. We
2: that much, yeah, much man, there.
0: that's that's single handedly the reason why I was like, I'm going to stay in the school. So yeah. I have
1: to ask Lou then before he introduces. He's himself. like, who's this guy? I don't remember. <laughs> I've heard this story a million times, a million times too many, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that all he wanted to do was go meet girls, <laughs> and I've heard about <laughs> I've heard about him sleeping through class because I mean we both have a, a kinesiology His class. No that's, way, that's a big reason that that's I went to massage school as well because I thought. This will be a walk in the park for me. Like I've all, I've been studying the body for four years. I mm-hmm. yeah I can do this. So I've heard how he slept through classes. How you know he would just kind of hang out in the back. What kind of student was he in your class? Was he a good student? Do you? Remember, I mean yeah, I know it was a million I, I years Mark ago.
2: Very fun. Yeah. I mean he was uh, really? a in my class. anyways, I'm not sure about other classes, but in my class he was uh, he was always alert, alert, and and, and yeah very uh, he, Mark my, alert. I was wow. into his class.
0: Yeah. This was new. This was massage theory and techniques. This, was the very, this is where you learn the effleurage and <laughs> all the different petrissage <laughs> and to Popement and joint mobilization. This is stuff like I've never seen before. So I was way into it versus, you know, uh, Eve's anatomy class. I'm like, I've done this fucking 12 times over. Like, I don't need to do this now. I'm putting my head down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which is, which is very important as well. You know, the, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. A yeah, I, I always try to make it the fun. Yeah, it was a,
0: it was a, it was a good go. So you were I'm pretty sure. Teacher. I'm pretty sure if I went to Liz, Megan, and uh, Lydia right now, and I said the Nucci Swipe, they'd know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 this move where you did this
2: <laughs> and you just
0: slapped. <laughs> it was a, joke, it was a joke move. But but that that shit sits with us. It's hilarious. It's fucking awesome. So anyway. I, I really appreciate you being here and being on our couch. Well, you made
1: an impact on at least on at least one person and probably many more. Well,
0: so I, I, before
1: we get started talking about your story, why don't you, for people listening, give a little bit of background, um, how you got into massage. I know you're retired. You're not a therapist anymore, yeah. but how you got into massage and ultimately how you ended up on our couch today. Yeah,
2: well, I was, I was studying to be a nurse back in 1987. A nurse. Yeah, and... and um, and you know, I did a couple a couple of years of that, but I uh, I didn't finish. So I I, I decided to just sort of uh, move into um um therapy and I applied to uh, Southern San. And back then you had to go through a two step interview yeah. to be accepted at Southern hand. And uh, so I made it through that and, uh, and and I was looking forward to that career. why, uh, why
1: massage? Like from nursing I to I wanna massage. know why nursing. <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe even that. Yeah. But why massage? I, you know what? I was actually in my doctor's office and there was a pamphlet um, on massage there and um, while I was w with him and uh, I picked it up and I thought, you know what, this would probably be a cool profession and it was up and coming, you know, and I thought why not try it out? And, uh, what year it, was this? This blows my mind. 1991. 1991.
0: You're sitting in a doctor's office and you see a pamphlet for massage therapy. Yeah. That fucking blows my mind.
2: That
1: is shocking to me because I feel like I didn't. I mean, I, I was a kid in the 90s, but I don't ever remember massage being something that was like talked about or like I didn't even know what it was. Was
0: your doctor into that kind of stuff? Like bodywork, massage? Like, no, not at all. no. No.
2: He was just one of those people that had pamphlets that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Someone that, gave it to me and put in the waiting room. Yeah. Well, right beside the L magazine. But you know, <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm happy I did. And um, it was an awesome career for me for about 24 20, uh, years, I believe. And, um, and I, tra- I taught for 12 years. Yeah. And that was really rewarding for me as well. So, you know, I, uh, I'm, I, I don't regret it at all. But I had to retire at some point because. We ended up having uh, triplets, my wife and I, and (laughs) my son, so... You have triplets? uh, Yeah, so we had... Whew! Yeah.
1: (laughs) You should see both of them just sitting on the couch. Like very... Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. This is one reason why I'm like, let's let's not even try to have other kids. Like, we have multiples in the gene pool on both sides. Both sides, yeah. And I'm like, our with our luck, we're going to end up with like a billion kids that come out at one time when yeah. we're just hoping to have a boy. Do you know <laughs> what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you... Oh, yeah, you, you do know. We have two girls and I would constantly ask the question, does Mark want a boy? You guys think you'll try for a boy? And I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me because one who knows if we're gonna have a boy. We might end up with three girls. But like Mark said, we could end up with twins or triplets and then suddenly we've got, you know, seventeen kids and all we wanted was one more. Yeah, yeah.
2: So Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. But the reason I'm saying that is as I um you know, I wanted something a bit more I, you know, massage was awesome. It provided uh, a, a a nice income. Yeah. But it just wasn't enough uh of forces. Right, right, and right. So I um i my uh you know, eventually retired after 24 years and moved on to other stuff.
0: Was that a hard decision to
2: retire? Um, no, I mean, I kind of uh phased myself out of it. Uh, I went part time while I did a full time job, right? As well, so you know, it was a nice way to figure out, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's not you know, as you know, it's not an easy job. Mas- massage therapy is you know, it's, it's quite uh tiring and um, not just from a physical standpoint, but also from. You know, from from an emotional standpoint and, you know, you having to listen to a lot of people talk. Yeah. <laughs> on, well, if, if on, you on care. Table. Yeah, right? Because, I
0: mean, there's, like, I, I don't practice. I'm inactive. I've been inactive last year and I'm inactive this year. And I think I've realized for myself that I think I was a really good technical therapist, mm-hmm. but I don't think I cared enough. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about being with clients and the emotional part and how it plays on you and you might bring that home and stuff. Or Maybe you didn't bring it home, but it plays on you. And then for me, that didn't happen very often. And then it took a lot of awareness for me to realize... It's because I I just I didn't care the same way that that you might or you might. And that's when I really decided, like, maybe I should just kind of back off from treating a little bit. And plus I do all these other things. But that's one reason why I never pushed the treating as hard as I used to. It's because I just I'm I'm not into it anymore the same way. And I don't think I can show up and give the way you are describing showing up and giving the way you still show up and give I'm like I, that's not that's not in me yeah. anymore I, that, that, that's that
2: gone well if you recognize that it's your time to stop then yeah. you know there's, there's nothing wrong with that yeah you know. yeah yeah a, so yeah so anyway, from, from there I um, you know I, I just uh, I continue along with other other venues you know I, I was uh, as a schoolboy, boy with uh, artistic kids for six years yeah and um while I was still doing massage part-time, and now I work for uh, Embers, you know, for uh, a a utility company. Right, right. And I'll find that there's benefits and all that stuff. Yeah, it's nice. Do you ever miss treating? I do, yeah. Yeah? What about it do you miss? I just miss the, um, you know, the uh, success in in helping people Mm. with uh, whatever ailment they came in for. Yeah.
1: So now that you're not a registered therapist, does your wife and your family get the benefits of you actually having the technical skills, or still no,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or is it still no? <laughs> I, I, I still work on my side. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that's good. good.
1: There you go. Because yeah, yeah, with two th- two therapists together, never. No, we bought each other massage guns for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: How much I don't want to touch a body. Yeah. <laughs> Not even you. I'll be like, yo, he's a he's a massage gun for Christmas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um,
2: Absolutely. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Something I just want to talk about um uh what I've gone through in the last you know uh, eight years or nine years and that is um uh I was diagnosed with uh nasal pharyngeal cancer. Yeah and I bit, I bit that and um, I was fine for about four years. And they told me, you know, you'll be fine. Uh, and, of course, there's always a, a list of uh, possibilities of things that may happen mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, long-term side effects. But they said, it probably won't happen to you. And, of course, it did happen to me. And one of them was is that you may lose the uh, ability to spit properly mm-hmm. and to swallow properly. And that's what happens to me almost today, They told me if it happens, it may happen around four years from now, This was back when uh, I was diagnosed in 2014. So they said, you know, if it will happen, it may happen around 2018, but it probably won't. And it mm-hmm. did. So by 2018, I was noticing that my tongue was not moving as well. I wasn't able to lift my tongue up to the roof of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't able to move it side to side. So, Eventually, I just lost that ability, and my swallowing was affected.
1: So you knew that this was a possibility. Like in yeah. 2014, you were told possibly in four years you might lose the ability to use your tongue, speak properly, swallow. Did that play in the back of your mind for four years, or had you kind of forgotten about it? Did you feel like you were in the clear?
2: I forgot about it. I, you I, forgot I about it. I was fine for four years. I was, at, I was on a high. I was, I was, I was, I was fine.
1: Well, yeah, you beat nasopharyngeal cancer. Like you yeah. would be feeling like I'm invincible at this yeah. point.
2: Well, most people, um, when, I, when I was diagnosed in 2014, they told me that five years prior, I, I probably would have uh, not made it. Mm. But because the uh, female mediation is so uh, targeted, it's very uh, streamlined, mm-hmm. so I, I survived. The problem is they don't have data on people like me who are surviving now. Mm. So, uh, it, um, you know, there's not much I to do for me.
0: Did your diagnosis mess with your head at all? Like, I, I'm. i I think I would freak out. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, I freak out. What does freak out look like for you? And if any of this is too much, say,
2: Mark, fuck off. Yeah, no, it was just a retraction. I I, I retracted. Yeah. I was not myself. I was uh, just not in a very happy place.
0: When that was happening, did you recognize that was was happening with you, or was it other people saying, "What the fuck's going on here"? Like, do you know what you're being like no, right I think
2: now? Around people, I try to stay strong and be positive, and all that stuff that comes with, right. you know, when it's So I'm gonna be strong, right? But you know, I, one thing I did allow myself to do was to was to, when people won't watch him, you yeah. know, I would allow myself to be upset about it. You know, yeah. I would give myself that opportunity. But, you know, eventually you move on and, and things progress and you, you have to, there's a certain level of acceptance that has to happen. Right. And so I, I, the more I got better at accepting, the, the more I was uh, progressive in my, uh, in my movements towards, you know, being healthier. You know? I think
1: that's the key for anybody. I can't imagine a single human being wouldn't freak out with any type of diagnosis that the outcome is a question mark right? You had no idea. All you knew was, especially hearing something like the word cancer, right? You automatically think worst case scenario. I can imagine everybody's brain goes to worst case scenario at first, but it's getting to that point of acceptance, like getting beyond the, this isn't fair. Why me? how did I miss this? What could I have done to, you know, we've had breast cancer survivors and things like that on the couch. And there's always the questions of like, was it something I did? Could I have lived healthier? Could I have prevented this? Mm. You know, they start looking into genetics and all of these things. Why, 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 why? At the end of the day, the questions of why, 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 why aren't changing the current situation. And I think it's when you get to that point of accepting, okay, here I am. I can be upset and cry and stay by myself all day and you know not have any joy left or figure out what I can do to try to get healthy or you know have some sort of plan I mean that's with anything not just illness but it's getting to that point of acceptance and it takes some people a really long time to do that and some people can sort of bounce into that rather quickly and I mean there's no there's no right way to do it right it's Mm, how you're sort of processing this whole thing so every time, Mark speaks to somebody who's been through some kind of because major trauma he's like i would freak out i would go into I, a corner i know me everybody's going to go into I, a corner and freak uh, but out but i it's
0: just cuz i know me i'm like emotionally fucking weak when it comes to shit like that yeah. like i would i would be on the floor rocking back and forth for months and 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 months and, and you know not being very useful or helpful or pleasant yeah. to anybody like that's just me okay. i i at least recognize that that's what i am but, you know, what so it blows my it. mind when
2: yeah, it was to a point don't. where you want to hopefully inspire others, you know? yeah. And that's what happened with me. You know, my, my diagnosis was a bit rare because it, it wasn't from anything that I was doing, uh, at a it was uh, Epstein Barr virus, right. which we all have, we all have that in you know, so it's a dormant. But my Epstein Barr virus became active, hmm. and there's a one percentile of people in the world that can develop. Uh, a cancer from it, most people develop mono one percent that 's how rare that is one percent But most of us develop mono mono yeah from that, but there's one percent develops a uh you know a sarcoma or right. a, a squamous cell cell that 's what happened to me so i I won the lottery, you know, um on on this one and it 's fine you know uh what is it do do? how did you um Get diagnosed?
1: Did you have symptoms that led you to go mm. get checked? Yeah.
2: yeah. So I noticed a lump when I was saving in my neck. Oh, a lump in your neck. And okay. so, but actually, that was a secondary lump. So initially, they were just going to, I was on the operating and they were going to remove it. Yeah. And then the, uh, the uh, pathologist came down and said, hang on. That's he actually stopped the surgery while I was out yeah. and said, well, that isn't a primary tumor. Mm. There's two small ones in the nasal pharynx in mm. the oral wow. pharynx. And so they did they, they not cut me open and they decided to treat me with uh, radiation and chemo. But I was hit pretty hard but they, they hit me with both. They said, you know what? You're young, you're strong, we are willing to hit this by giving you chemo mm-hmm. and radiation at the same time. Mm. So I had 35 rounds of radiation Every day, my day of five for 35 days. Wow. And then I had six rounds of tumor, and uh, it was a lot. So that was what caused the damage to you know the, uh, the 12th nerve in the cranium, hmm. which is hypoglossal, and the 9th uh, gastrophenzyl hmm. nerve, because it sits the most posterior on the back of that bundle. Yeah, And so the machine that radiates you actually um, goes around your body. And it was, it was um, it, you know it's funny, it's, you actually smell the burning from the radiation. And you cannot be radiated more than seven minutes mm. in a session, mm-hmm. that's that's uh, across the board. But by the end of it, you know, by the end of the seven minutes, you smell that burning. Mm. It's so uh, it's pretty interesting.
1: But that's intense. I had no idea. Is there a reason why four years? Like why that number they said if if there's going to be nerve damage, you'll notice it around the four year mark. Why four years?
2: I guess it has it has some info on people like myself that this was happening to them, but not a lot. And um you know, I'm sure they have more information now on, yeah. on more stats, but but it happened and, and uh and, you know, um, I, I'm very fortunate. You know, I hooked up with a speech language pathologist, both at Sunnybrook, and uh, that helped me out quite a bit with a bunch of exercises that they uh, offer you. And then um, I also was um, uh, fortunate enough to meet uh, a speech language pathologist in Brampton. Mm. Uh, his name is Mohammed Mohammed, and he actually got me off my feeding tube so I had to have a feeling tube for a year, which was not fun. Hmm. That was probably the worst experience of my life where I had to inject food through my abdomen through a tube.
1: Was it the worst experience because it was uncomfortable?
2: It or was, because It was uncomfortable. It was uh, socially, I lost all my social, um, you know, uh, desire. Right, you can't go out to eat or enjoy okay. a meal with yeah. people. You know, I yeah. to those people's houses. I had to, you know... Uh, eat this food that was in a heart a a carton, you know, that was that was fluid. Yeah. And um, so it was it was a tough time. So I said and they told me this is what your life is going to be and I said, There's no way I'm I'm doing this the rest of my life. Mm. So I found this uh specific of pathologist and after about seven months of seeing him three times a week uh, and it's not covered by all so mm. it was a tough one mm-hmm. uh, financially but he uh I said, Help me and and now I'm at, and where I'm now is where I left off with him But three years ago. It's been three years now that I'm not on a food distribution and mm-hmm. I'm eating pure foods only. Wow. So I have to, I can have whatever I want, but it has to be blended right? Yeah, for a certain consistency. And that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. So I want
1: to get into sort of what you know, what life is like for you now and, you know, all of the the therapies you were doing. And like you said, raising awareness for things that people, mm-hmm. I think, don't think about. Because for us, we want to go out to eat something, we just walk go. into a restaurant yeah. and go and eat something. That's not reality for you anymore. But before I get there, I have, I've been thinking about when you said you started to notice you couldn't put the tongue to um, the roof of your mouth anymore. Mm-hmm. You couldn't move it side to side. What was your reaction or what went through your mind when you were like like did you automatically think oh no it's oh, happening it. yep. like yeah, what happened in I that did. in that in
2: 2018? That's exactly what I thought. I thought oh my god it's, four year, it's a four year mark. Mm. I I, I to believe this is happening. Is it happening? So I booked an appointment with my oncologist, my speech pathologist and and uh, they were confirming that. So I, I've had about five or six uh, video fluoroscopy tests. Mm-hmm. i'm not sure if there's guys know what that is but the x-ray you swollen. so that's uh you know f- five seven x-rays of you swallowing different consistencies of of uh, food right. and it shows what's happened and then mix it with barium and barium allows it to show up in the x-ray right and you have to see it. i was watching it, how the food goes down and Pretty well, almost every swallow there was a little bit that was falling into my airway. Oh. Um. And so what happens with people like me as we can develop, we're prone to uh, aspiration pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, and that's happened to me twice now, and I haven't been in the hospital with that. Uh I'm you know, I haven't been in the hospital for over well over a year now, and it's because I'm really working hard to... Yeah try and make sure that but I know, I, I feel it. I can feel myself you know having fluids with well them and I just have to I have to cough it up, you know. Mm. So we really, the role for me here today is to raise awareness. on on, on people who have problems swallowing. And you know, the term for um, swallowing difficulties is, is dysphagia, spelled Z Y S P H A Z I A. Dysia. And then there's dysphagia spelled D-Y-S-P-H-A-S-I-A, which is difficulty swallowing, uh, uh, difficulty with speech. Difficulty with speech, dysphagia, difficulty swallowing, dysphagia. same, you know, it's pronounced the same way, but two different meanings. That's two of the things that I'm uh, going through. And um, it's something we take for the answer, right? Swallowing. We just don't, we, we we don't even think about it. We don't even realize what it takes a swallow, but you know, you realize there's 50 pairs of muscles mm-hmm. that it takes. They have to operate and function all at the same time in harmony to create the perfect swallow. Mm-hmm. You know, and if one or two of those functions are off, you know, they're, they're having problems swallowing. You yeah. know, but anyhow, I mean, um, it's it's no, no doubt it's tough, but it has been, uh, uh, challenging but also rewarding to see, to see the progression and and so hopefully uh, you know, help others that may have the same sort of uh, uh, listen.
1: Well, that's what I, I really want to talk about is this progression, because, you know, going back to Mark's example of sitting in the corner, rocking back and forth, I can imagine if you fi- find out that you've got this level of nerve damage, you can't swallow, you're told, okay, you're going to be using a feeding tube for the rest of your life. I think a lot of people would probably say, okay, and accept that reality. Yeah. Where did this motivation come from for you? Did did somebody tell you about you know speech and language pathologist being able to help you? Like, how did you decide? nope, this is not going to be my reality. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat food again.
2: But, um, that's just being stubborn. <laughs> just being stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> can I,
1: can we confirm? Is it stubbornness? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah? It just, okay. so, <laughs> I just I didn't want to live that life. I yeah. didn't want to live that life.
1: How did you find the doctor that? Eventually, helped you get off the feeding tube.
2: Uh, she was another speech language pathologist uh, okay. from the hospital, so uh, that was very helpful. And you know, my oncologist, you know, she's awesome. She, every time I go and see her, which is every four months, you know, she says, I'll say the same thing, anything new uh, up and coming The people at myself. And she said, No, I'm sorry, there was nothing we can do for you. Mm. There's nothing we can do but for she, you. But this is just one thing which I tried. uh, I was I, I tried a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, mm. so I did that for six weeks. I was in a chamber every day.
1: What would be the benefit of a hyperbaric
2: oxygen to, chamber? To for? repair and um, restore for uh, cells. That's the whole purpose of uh, being in a tank mm-hmm. with pure oxygen. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't help me. Mm-hmm. But, but we tried it, and uh, it wasn't of much help to me. You know, uh, other than the exercises that I do and um, um just uh, staying motivated, there's not really much for us. So, I mean, if there's anybody else out there that can suggest um, something for people like myself, uh, that would be awesome, you mm-hmm. know. And hopefully uh, therapists that are out there can, um, you know, um, be open to treating people like myself. as I see an osteopath. So I'm surface all the time. Right. You know, I'm open to after possible I've tried everything possible, and uh, it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you there's no know, cure, right? And uh, from that perspective, it's a bit tough.
1: So, what sorts of changes, lifestyle changes, things have you had to do since getting on your own pathway to to recovery? Mm-hmm. the oncologist said there's nothing they, they could do for you but what have you been doing for yourself whether it's like mentally, physically, emotionally like how have you been taking care of yourself in the last five years? Where? What year are we in? Uh. Five years, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I can count.
2: <laughs> I've been uh, well, I, I work for life mm-hmm. I, I've seen my osteopath, seen my osteoporosis my osteoporosis my, my diet has since. So I don't eat bread or anything that is um, uh, glutinous because it doesn't blend well. Mm. So because I have to puree all my food, right. I essentially am eating uh, proteins and vegetables. You know because pasta and bread and pizza don't blend well. <laughs> yeah,
1: although I will say I had um, I had a client in my care for three years. Uh, he had cerebral palsy and he used uh he used a f- no, he didn't use a feeding tube. I'm lying to you. But he was able to eat, but we had to puree everything. And his mom would say, like, when we would have pizza lunches with mm. our, all of the she would say, yeah, yeah, he can eat the pizza. Just blend it. I'm like, I feel like that's not going to taste very good. Yeah, but I guess she wanted him to participate with yeah, everyone. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And so I would ask him, like, do you like the pizza? And he, I mean, we would do, like, um, he was nonverbal. So he would mm-hmm. do... um blinks so two blinks were yes, now how got two blinks he liked the mm. he liked the blended pizza mm-hmm. i am with you. I can't imagine that pizza would blend very well, uh, but he seemed to like it. use ham, <laughs> but
2: yeah, it's not that it's a bit
1: coming uh, yeah gummy, I yeah. would think so. your um, insides must be so happy right now, yeah. you were eating <laughs> so healthy
2: yeah. I'm, uh, i mean, mean people saw me from March when I saw him uh you know they were recognize and I was probably fifty five pounds more, yeah. Um, but you know, I feel fine um from a health perspective, but just to go back to a question um you know uh so from a physical standpoint there's been obviously you know there's changes that way mm-hmm. um, but emotionally uh, as well there's a lot of things that happen to you, you know uh, in terms of uh, uh psychology, but the other thing I wanted to mention was uh There's been a social and cultural change for me. So, you know, I come from an Italian background. uh, We made our own jars of sauce and our own sausages and our own, you know, um, uh, pickled uh, items. All my best friends are Italian, I know. (laughs) Food, 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 I know. (laughs) And just the uh, desire to do that for me has uh, has gone away. I'll, I'll do it for my family, but. And it's a lot that kind of stuff. So, so I've lost the the, the, uh, the desire to keep up those traditions, you know, unfortunately. But, and, and from a social standpoint, you know, uh, going out for dinner is, is believe it or not, it's a hit and miss because a lot of restaurants will not accommodate. They will not blend the food. And and that's one of the things I want to talk about as well. If there's any restaurants out there, um, you know, please, if you have a blender or a, a bullet or something, and somebody wants to order something for the menu, yeah. you know, just throw it in a blender for 12 seconds with some, you know, vegetable broth or some water, and, you know, that's it. You know, it's certain, what is the
1: reason they give you that they won't blend
2: it? I you know, we don't have a blender, or, you know, we don't want to compromise our menu or our You know, it's just... It's, it's, it, believe me, uh, I've I've, uh, I've had this struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how many restaurants will not come that. that so simple. I'm mm.
1: surprised. Like, okay, if they don't have a blender, that's one thing. Although, I mean,
0: yeah, no, you, you, you can got you can
1: afford a blender. Uh but let's say they really don't. Okay, that's one thing. But majority of them, majority of them are going to have blenders. Exactly. Like you're telling me, they're making all of these different sauces and even places that have smoothies. They have a blender, no. but anyway how many requests do you really think they're getting in a day, a week, a month to blend the food? How much skin off their back would it be to just blend Mm -hmm. for the one or two people in probably an entire year that they might see that are making this request? I just, I don't understand the mentality of businesses sometimes, like the smallest little adaptation. Oh no, we can't do that. Oh, no. why? Like it doesn't even make any How sense. How do you
0: handle that scenario? Because I know me, I'm a hothead. Like I don't, That's I don't, an understatement. I don't do well in those situations.
2: <laughs> um, I, I don't you know I, I don't want to see a scene. So I just don't you know, walk away. Yeah. And, uh, um, what's the point? You know, if, if you don't want my business because of that, you know, I almost want to say to all those up and coming steps, you know, from calling to school. Yeah. somehow, you know, become, Creative and mm-hmm. uh, preparing food for people like myself. Yeah. And there's been some awesome restaurants. Uh, like, like France, Kitchen mm-hmm. up in Aurora. Uh, they awesome. You know, they're awesome. Sorry, important. which place was that? Uh, France, F R A N K, France, yeah. Orléans, up in Aurora. Yeah, uh, they're f- fabulous. You know. they Maybe some beautiful gourmet. You know, I I put something from the menu Mm -hmm. and they they said, no problem, leave it with us. And the stuff was amazing. You know, he put garnishes on them and made it to the exact specs that I wanted to. It was over over and above. That's really nice. So I understand why it's such a big big problem for restaurants. Anyhow, so that's some of the things that I've been, you know, uh, S- challenge with, mm-hmm. you know.
1: how creative have you gotten at home with food prepping for yourself? Do you try new things or do you just toss whatever you have in the blender?
2: Uh, for me, actually, uh, it's, most of the time, it's, I have uh, a whole whack of vegetables and whatever protein I choose for that, you know, for that day, and uh, it's all going to be pretty anyways. I just, you know, I, I'm a uh, sample of spices, but. So long, all into the very next away a little right? And uh, I'll make myself batches, batches yeah. of food so that I can just, uh, you'd be surprised that if you saw a plate of food and you'd say, wow, that's a lot of food, hmm. but if you put it... Yeah, it's not it's not a lot of food right. It's really a lot. So it's hard for me, lot to put weight on because what people would normally eat, I didn't that, but it's... There's something about, you know, about the fact that it's already broken down for the, the digestion doesn't have to break down. So, yeah. I'm not sure what happens to, um, from a physiological standpoint, but I just can't put weight on.
1: Well, again, you cut out a lot of the things that are preventing right. most of us from yeah. losing yeah. the weight. Yeah, right. I mean, we're all, you're eating the pizza. And, right. uh that, you're puring vegetables, so yeah. you're eating much healthier than majority of us, right. I'm sure.
2: You know, and there's limited alcohol. You know, it's a bit tougher, but right? it burns as it goes down. So yeah, I, I avoid that, and I wasn't coughing anymore. But so, from that perspective, a lot has changed. But but I, you know, I am blessed with uh, an amazing family and friends that 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 seem the same as I was before have this and hypersonism. And, the the amazing and that is essential and moving forward can you
0: tell when someone is uncomfortable and then what does that feel like for you can you tell like when you're sitting with a group of people like oh this person is just really uncomfortable in my presence and then if so like what does that feel like to you
2: you know what actually I, I have to say this Mark People have been awesome. You know, I have no problem saying to people listen. I have a speech problem. Right. I don't apologize for it. Yeah. I just say, you know, I have I have a bit of a speech impairment, and by the way, like, no problem. Dude, I I understand it, and you know, and I say if so they want me to repeat myself, I have no problem repeating myself, and um, and so so uh, so I haven't learned that. Hmm. That
1: makes me so happy to hear. Yeah. I don't know. I I always try to have like a very positive attitude and remember that most people are probably good. People I meet in the real world day to day are great. Mm. But it's like if you spend too much time online, I just listened to a clip that Mark posted. If you spend too much time online <laughs> or watching TV or whatever, you start to think that people are shit, right? Yeah. But then- The people that I meet in the real world are actually good people, so it makes me happy to hear that. Like people are not treating you differently, or you know, looking at you differently because you sound different now, and because you're the exact same guy. There, I can't. I'm so happy for you that you said everyone's treating me the same. Because why wouldn't they? You're the same guy that you were five years ago.
2: I can do. I mean, and the very uh, uh, also to add to that is that the very. Uh, so all my friends know that if they invite us over for dinner, yeah. that they will have your blender ready, and do what, 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 what we make you, and blah, blah, blah. So everybody has, a system been phenomenal that way. So, nice. That's uh, really that's great. Is uh, coming here doing this hard? Uh, the first five minutes were a bit tough, you know. Yeah. Uh, I had a little bit of trepidation because, you know, I'm I'm used to having no problems public, public speaking. But, you know, when you can't, artic- when you can't articulate, Yes. When you want me do it, uh, you know there was always a bit of reservation there yeah. you know right the sophomore I was in a band and I was the lead singer yeah. of the band, and I had to stop where I loved doing that was a it was an awesome experience to be able to be in a band for six years Yes, you know and play the ball played the in and I had to give that up yeah and 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 you know in some way I felt that i let my band down because we had uh, this band. Yeah. Um, and I miss that a lot. I miss being able to sing because I I've also lost a bit of uh my vocal um tone. Mm. Um but you know what? I I, I, I can safely say that I, I, I was able to do that. But uh, not many people say that they've been up in front of a crowd. Yeah that's true. Yeah. To sing you know. Yeah. And uh, so I have to just, uh, accept it and and take all the good that I experienced from that. Yeah. And uh, and run with it. You, know? you have a very positive outlook. Yeah, I'm. I mean, have. I know.
1: I know you went through the shitty phases, and you know, I'm sure it's a roller coaster, and there's some days that things are more frustrating you, than others. Did you
2: lose anyone during the shitty phases? Um, no, no, eh. You no, know, in fact, I probably hands people. Nice. Yeah you know it's been um, it's been you know and 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 really for me uh it's one one you know the old ideas about you know one day at a time, Yeah, know. yeah. Mm. uh but I really don't know what I'm gonna be, you know, in uh, a year from now. I mean uh hopefully the, the nerves don't die more. You know, hopefully I maybe there'll be a miracle, maybe there's something that will happen. So, you know, if there's anybody else out there that um, uh, uh, knows of any other types of therapists that may help people with dysphagia on both sides. And that would be very helpful. Because um, I, I really don't know what I'm going to do.
1: So you're just open to trying whatever, whatever. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I mean, we've got listeners in in all corners of this profession we, that do different know, types
0: of therapy. We know manual of- therapists who deal with. Swallowing throat disorders. We
1: do. Yeah, they specialize in this.
0: They're, they not only specialize in; they teach the shit yeah. globally. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, anyone who is listening that wants to uh, connect with Lou and give him some advice, like, are you open to giving people contact? Are you on? Are you online? Are you on social media at all? There, uh, I'm on Facebook. Yeah? Yeah. yeah,
2: Are you open to having people
1: connect so, with you?
2: Absolutely. You can. I mean, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm part of uh, this this uh, uh, group on, on Facebook. So. Uh, there is help out there. There is groups that have discussions about, you know, uh, uh, your support groups, as to say. Mm-hmm. So And, you know, a lot of stuff that's on these, uh, on the, on these support groups is stuff that I already know. Um, but, you know, it's, it is so helpful. You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I will probably post this on my Facebook page, um, and hopefully they'll be able to get something out of this, you know. Uh, as well.
1: well. I appreciate you sharing your story and Absolutely. wanting to raise awareness and let people know that there is hope. You know, you, you're proof that there's there's a possibility of things improving. Right. And I mean, a lot of people are told by doctors, right, there's nothing we can do, there's nothing we can do, this is it, but
2: stay positive. I, I am uh, very grateful for this opportunity. Mm, thank you. And it's yeah. very nice to this and that's with you guys. Absolutely. And that clips them at the We'll yeah. see. <laughs> Change the world one day at a time. <laughs>
0: right uh, on, man. This was good. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone. Peace.